Hey everybody, welcome to an all new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. Uh, normally this would be a b -b -b bonus edition, uh, but due to circumstances, we weren't able to get together on a recording time last week. So, uh, this will just be our normal edition of the show as we uh, recap the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Uh, I'm Andy. Uh, sitting next to me is Jenny. Hello. And 116 miles to our southwest, it's Megan. Hello. Hello, all. I think a point should be deducted from your scores because there were not a bunch of doors on the set. I didn't see one door. I don't remember us predicting that would happen. Well, I think no, we just you said... said you said that Will you win if everywhere. a point is deducted? Is that your angle? I have no idea what the scores were. I know I was doing amazingly, and then I fell off a cliff. Well, we're going to talk about the scores, but before <laughs> we do that, it's the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Woo! Okay, Jenny, it's dead air. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Woo! Long range. <laughs> uh, we are drinking a J... Brut Rosé. Okay. It's from California. We've been there. They have yeah. the bubblery room. Yeah. The bubble room. Which, whenever you say it, I always picture, like, like not a rave, but the rave bubble room. Like, just a very polite bubble room. But what it really is, is just a room with champagne in it that is served to you, which is also great. But... <sighs> I think I had that expectation right up until the point we got there, and there were no physical bubbles. <laughs> oh, I only thought there would be, but I thought there would be more champagne. Like, I thought <laughs> there would be, like, champagne, like, waterfall features. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of a waste of good champagne, though. I mean, you put the cheap shit in there, and I don't think it's a waste. That's true. I don't know if you're allowed to do that at a champagnery. <laughs> like, to use other people's, <laughs> put in, uh, uh, what, a, the bubbly. Andres. A bit of the a little bit of the bubbly or whatever. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think at this point, Andres is better than that. Ooh, maybe, might be. I'm making a bold statement. Don't come for me, Jericho. All right, let's I'm hear sure that he's listening. Oh, okay. I noticed that's not a cork you pulled out of there. That is oh, a topper. Megan's, Megan's gonna call me out. <laughs> All right, Megan, what do you have? Blowing up your spot. I have to because I have a box of wine and it doesn't make a sound. No. Like, could you like drum your fingers on it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a box sounds like, people. Yeah. <laughs> My cats used to get freaked out by the sound of cardboard. I thought cats loved like being in boxes and putting themselves in boxes no matter how big or small they are. That might be true, but, like, if you want to really freak my cats out, just, like, run your hand down the side of a cardboard <gasps> box. Oh, I feel so like that. Yeah. I feel like that's, like, it must be, like, fingernails on a chalkboard to us. Like, that's what it, that's the same sensation. It feels like, oh, weird. Ooh. Right? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jenny, I mean. The bottle of jag on. First, first the gunshot when Justin was on, and <laughs> my topper blew off. Mm. To be control. fair, I had not hinged it on because I didn't want to make like a sound later. 
So you made a sound now. Yeah, I did not expect that. Apologize, listeners. That's okay. I think they'll forgive you. All right. Cheers, Jenny. Cheers, Megan. Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Okay. <clears throat> Let's talk predictions. Because I feel like that's... Uh, that's what everyone's here for. That's something that's something interesting, right? I All right, we're like... going to go from the bottom up. Gah. Okay. Coming in last place. With six points. Six correct predictions. Friend of the show, Amanda. Oh, Amanda won last time. She did. Well, you know, she's got COVID. Mm. And that's tough. We hope Brain you feel fog. better, Amanda. Now, I do, I do, I have some good news to report on that front. She texted me today and said it's an update. She tested negative today, so she was able to unmask in her house. Oh, good. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So. She's in Canada, by the way, if anybody's wondering why somebody in America would still care that much. Canada. I I would. I know. If Andy I'm just... or I tested positive, we would be like quarantined in different sections of Andy the Andy would have to move from your home. Is what I know <laughs> to be true. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that, Megan. Jenny and I were just having a conversation, like not more than forty five minutes ago, um, based on some Bravo show that she was watching, okay. and and the determination that we came to is, I would absolutely not make her leave the house if she had COVID. But she was only 95% sure that she would offer me the same. Uh... No, that's a polite. She was being polite. It's 0%. You would be staying with your parents or out on the lawn yeah. or in a hotel. Should, I should definitely I should definitely stay with my 70-year-old and my septuagenarian parents. Yeah, that's hey. that's, that's that's better, Jenny. No, I wouldn't. I'm just saying. Do the door, the, would you send me to a hotel? You would be pushed out the front door, it would shut and lock behind you, and she would expect you back no sooner than 15 days for safety? I'd go buy a tent from Costco and set it up in our backyard for you. Oh, that might be nice. (laughs) (laughs) I could do my washing washing in the pool. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a good thing you don't have an HOA. (laughs) We do have an HOA. But I have covered that pool with a furniture cover so the HOA cannot randomly drive by and see that we have a pool. Okay, uh, tied with seven uh, correct predictions apiece. Oh, no. It is friend of the show, Jeff Jacobs, and host of the show, Megan. Yeah! I was hoping it was going to be me and Jay at the bottom again, but Jeff Jacobs, you're good company as well, so. (laughs) Uh, With eight points... Uh, we have, I believe, three people. It is friend of the show, Lucas. It is host of the show, Jenny. No! <laughs> and other host of the show, Andy. Okay, so we are out of the running of our own uh, prediction contest here. Tied with nine apiece, Justin Michael Shapiro and... As he so eloquently put it, that little boy, uh, <laughs> J- little Jay and Justin tie for uh, second place with nine apiece. Wow, Jay, you! Ugh. I'm mad because Jay's leaving me in the dust on this. I thought we were friends at the bottom. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> yeah, and fi- and you know, and finally, uh, the winner with ten correct predictions, and actually, like he was perfect. Up until the last two matches, uh, Jason. 
Our buddy Jason. Wow. Congrats, Jason. Every match correctly until until the two big title matches at the end. So he got 10 out of what started as 12, but turned into 13. But we all assumed that who would pick uh, Nick Camaroto. So everybody got that point. (laughs) You just didn't consider that point, yeah. So congratulations to Jason, who... When I told him this, he said, I don't think I've ever won a prediction contest. Well, that's really exciting, Jason. <clears throat> yes. You're very good at wrestle math, Jason. Yeah. And if we took away your one point for all those doors, I would have won from the podcast hosts. Good thing we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yes, but we didn't. Uh, so yeah, so those are the predictions. That's exciting. And that'll take us to Rose's. And thorns. Mm. Forbidden door edition. Okay. How this works is we each go around. We say a thing we like. That's a rose. We say a thing we didn't like. That's a thorn. We can do multiples. That's fine. This thing is like has less structure than it did when it first began, but that's okay. Uh, in so doing, we cover a lot of the pay-per-view. And then at the end, we go through chronologically to, to catch whatever we, uh, we, we missed. So. Jenny, how about your rose? My rose is Will Ospreay. Okay. (laughs) The man, the myth, the legend. Hi. William Ospreay, yes. Jenny, who did he face? Orange Cassidy. Okay, I was going to be like, do you know who his opponent was? (laughs) I think he is so talented. I... Wish I could see him every week. I thought this match was excellent. Mm-hmm. I was just shocked by the talent and the athleticism and the acting and the the little curls. Okay. You were shocked by the curls in his hair. I mean, they stayed curly the whole match and they didn't frizz up. How do you do that? Good jeans, I think. Seems like it. I was just, I, I thought this match was, I didn't get to see the last two matches because I fell asleep, but. I think most people, I think most people would say that that was match of the night. That's the, that's the, that's the sentiment that I've seen most online uh, since the pay-per-view. It was my match of the night, but I always want to qualify because I typically don't get to see the last few matches. Right. Right. Megan, thoughts on Will and Orange? I thought this match was awesome. Um, I don't, you know, hate to jump on the Will bandwagon after Jenny's taken it so far, but um, just so athletically talented. My God, I mean, when he bumped, it looked incredible. It's just, he's one of those people like like Ricochet and like Dante Martin where like, I don't know how they defy gravity in that way, but there's a moment where <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're just floating. And he looks so cool. Um, So very talented and like not to downplay orange because he, he too is talented. And it's basically two guys who are very good at doing athletic things, fighting each other. Um, So that was, that was really fun. Uh, I also thoroughly enjoyed when Will had orange in like a hold and then he stuck his hand in orange's pocket and pulled out his middle finger and, and taunted him in that way. I thought that was really funny. (laughs) That was really funny. Uh, yeah, this match was great. Uh, Orange Cassidy kicked out of the Hidden Blade, uh, which everybody thought was the finish. 
but then Will just picked him up and hit another finisher on him, the Stormbreaker. So, but that was cool for Orange that he got to kick out of a, a big protected Will Osprey move. Um, after the fact, uh, the rest of the United Empire crew beat down on Orange Cassidy. Uh, Rapungi Vice came in to make the save, but then they also suffered the same fate. But then that brought out Katsuyori Shibata, the the head of the New Japan LA Dojo, the the legend, the the badass, the the idiot who headbutted too hard and had to retire as a result. Uh, oh. So he ran out and uh, and beat a bunch of ass and uh, and got a huge pop from this crowd. And uh, he and Orange celebrated together afterwards. Cool stuff. So that's that's his story because I was like, that guy looks really cool and fit and like he should still be wrestling. I was surprised to hear he had retired. Yes, he was in a title match against Okada, oh, like five years ago at this point, and he just did like a like a shoot headbutt, <gasps> and and he had like bleeding on his brain. Oh my god! Yeah, it was a very foolish decision, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of kind of looking like he might be able to come back in a limited capacity now, but also. It resulted in him taking over as head trainer of the LA Dojo and getting all those kids all uh, trained up real good. Not, you know, not a bad thing, but man, did Okada know he was going to get shoot headbutted? Was he in on this? I don't know. Because <laughs> that seems like a really um, terrible decision to make without telling the other person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, it's un- it's unclear, but thankfully Okada did not suffer the same consequences for it. <sighs> okay, Wow. Uh, okay, so I'll do my rose next. Uh, my rose is that uh, Sting exists and we get to see him uh, have, have <laughs> wrestling matches still. Um, last night, Sting started things off by diving off of the stage onto a pile of men. And then he uh, ended up uh, grabbing the nipples of El Phantasmo and uh, and twerking, tweaking them uh, very, very roughly. Uh, and everything in between was uh, also just magic. Um, I love Sting. I love how AEW books Sting. Um, it's really, it's really impressive how much they get out of a guy who by all you know like he should be like totally washed at this point i mean he's only one year older than the hardys that's right but uh he but he seems 10 years younger but he uh well you know face paint hides a lot of uh hides a lot of ills not on jeff but no sting is fantastic uh and in this match he and darby allen and shingo takagi took on uh, the Young Bucks and El Fantasmo. It was supposed to be an eight-man tag with Hikuleo on one side and Hiromu Takahashi on the other, but Hiromu could not fly from Japan because he uh, he had a fever. So it became a six-man tag. It's one of many ship matches on this show to, that changed. I was so impressed with the Bucks' partner that I know you just said. El Fantasmo? El Fantasmo uh-huh. was like... Like a... A surprise wonder for me because I've never I've never seen him wrestle. 
And I was just, I was wondering why the, like, really tall guy got, like, cut from the match. I was like, well, that's kind of, like, he would have been, like, impressive to see out there. And then, like, um, El Tasmo started wrestling. And I was like, well, that makes sense. Yeah, we don't need the tall one. Get him no. out. <laughs> Uh, there was a mid-match spot where the Young Bucks double super kicked Sting. Oh my god. And he just kind of, he like stumbled for like half a second, and then he shook it off and beat his chest. And it was one of the biggest reactions of the entire night. <laughs> he is, so, he's just, he is so precious. <laughs> I'm so happy that that he's around and doing his thing. This is his 10th match in AEW. And, uh, and he's 10 and 0 guys. Wow. Yeah. Which, and to me, he and Darby should get a crack at the young bucks now. Oh, damn. I'd be into it. I'd be more into that than the Hardys <laughs> against the young bucks. Yes. Cool. This is yes, like, this course. is, this is like the better version of that. Mm-hmm. Did you watch uh, BTE today? Yes. I I really liked when um, the Bucks were talking about their match with Sting, and Matt was like, uh, or Nick goes, we get to wrestle Sting, what a dream, and Matt goes, or should we say Sting gets to wrestle us? And Nick looks at him and goes, well, yeah, I guess if we're in character. I was just <laughs> like, I love, I love how much they love it. Like so similar to Tony Khan, there are people they get to wrestle that it's clear. Like, um, I get to play out my childhood dreams. Like, yeah. I think that's so precious. And I was shocked that they had never wrestled Darby before. Yeah, they just never really crossed paths, you know. Yeah, but I mean, he's a good fit for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think if they did that match at like all out or something, that would be I think that would be great. Yeah. Be so cool. Yeah. The other thing on BTE before we move on that I loved was um Nick talking about um how he wanted to see Okada because they're they're friends but they hadn't seen each other in a long time. Oh, and God. so Nick Nick's like, so we were in the locker room and I was just like, I'm just gonna wait for Okada. Um but his plane got delayed because you know everybody every every flight gets delayed now. Um, and we had to go like do a, like a, a, a pre-tape. So we went out with, with the context being, they literally had no other meetings, nothing to do. They had an open day for once in the first yeah. time in a really long time. And they were literally just spending all their day sitting in the locker room. Yes. And then this happened. So, yeah. So they're like waiting for Okada, waiting for Okada. He's not showing up. They get called away for this pre-tape. They nail it in one take. He says they're they're we're literally gone for five minutes. We come back. Okada's in the locker room. I'm like, oh, it's great to see you. And he, he's he was happy to see me too. And then he says to me, but where's your gear, Nick? And Okada, apparently this is a regular rib that he used to pull on Nick Jackson. Okada is wearing Nick's gear. In the five minutes <laughs> that the Bucks were gone from the locker room, Okada arrived, found Nick's gear bag, and put on his gear. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I honestly was not expecting that to be the... I thought he was going to, like, hide his gear or, like, put it somewhere else. But it's wild to me that Okada can physically... Like, he and Nick Jackson can wear the same pants. It's really stretchy gear. They showed him wearing them, 
in the in on BT, and it was like not as stretched out as you'd think. Yeah, but I, I thought that was very charming. Anyway, my rose is Sting, um, <laughs> and like I I would not say that that was like the best match of the night, but I thought it was I, I thought it was the most fun match for me of of the of the night. I really enjoyed that match. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. lack Sting nostalgia, but I was still like, holy shit, Sting's killing it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, okay, Megan. My rose is the appearance and uh, apparent signing of Claudio Castagnoli as part uh-huh. of the BCC. Blackpool Country Club, according <laughs> to Zack Sabre Jr. But, uh-huh. man, Claudio looks amazing because I think he's, like, sneaky old. Um, but he still got it. He did some of his Claudio moves, I remember, from WWE, which I guess are Cesaro moves. But he did the the spinning thing. And uh, I don't know. He just looks amazing. People were hyped to see him. He looked hyped to be there. He's so happy. I know he's in a bad guy club, but I think he's just going to bring a lot of joy to it. A lot of, like, smiling. Um, and I don't know. It was like I haven't seen him wrestle in so long. And, it was really exciting. I, unlike you guys, had no idea who to expect to be Daniel Bryan's friend who shows up to be a technician. So it was news to me. Yeah, this was uh, this was great. Um, Claudio looked fantastic. Apparently, um, so Danielson, this is what Tony Khan said in the press scrum afterwards. He said, Danielson was touch and go the whole time. Like it was, it was, it was, it was not, it definitely sounds like he's got a concussion because the way that they're describing the symptoms is he was feeling good. And then he wasn't feeling good. And he was, and it kind of comes and goes. So he's still recovering from that. And, and like a week out, he was like, "Eh, I'm not feeling so good. And Tony was like, okay, well, we'll just, we're not gonna, we're not gonna play around with this. We'll, we'll do something else. And Danielson said, Hey, um, what about Claudio? And this was like, you know, the week before. And then uh, Tony was like, okay, that sounds good. Um, I already signed him earlier this month, (laughs) but okay. Yeah. We'll use him for this instead. So apparently he was, he had planned him to debut at the ring of honor pay-per-view next month. Mm. So did Daniel know that Claudio had already been signed? No. Okay. No, he did not know. Um, It was like, it was a big secret. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, so that's how that's how it came together. Like so he was he was already under contract and they just shifted his role and honestly, I mean, being in the Blackpool Combat Club <laughs> sounds on AEW TV sounds like a better spot right now than being part of the Ring of Honor. Oh hell stars. yeah. <laughs> I was going to well, say were they going to really just rele- relegate him to being I, on Ring of I mean, Honor. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if he was just going to be on that, but like, I, th- I think I don't think he could have had a better debut. I hope his pay structure was appropriately. Oh, I'm sure. Modified. I'm sure. Well, I mean, I don't know, but you're not. Yeah, like yeah, I'm sure he's being paid very well. Okay. Yeah, and I'm sure there was no modification needed. I'm sure it's just it's just cost a lot to get him in the first. Okay, place. I'm just saying because ROH has, versus because, Blackpool. Like that's a big because like, he has because he has options. Like, WWE wants him, so, you know. Oh, did but he anyway, leave because no, they I couldn't was... come to an agreement or something? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, Glad he has options, is what I mean. He is another one who was a Brody Lee friend who was really moved by that tribute show. And word is, he's one of those people who kind of made his mind up that night. Wow. 
that at some point, like, okay, that's where I want to be. That's makes sense. I mean, how, I mean, I mean, how many times have we heard that? Like Daniel Brian Danielson said that. CM Punk said that. You know. Well, probably because they're used to companies not, <laughs> yeah, not treating it with the utmost respect. It pays to do the right thing. Yeah. So this match was really good. Uh, it was. It was. It was actually like. Even though it was Claudio's debut, it was kind of a showcase for Zach because they, they like he worked over his arm the whole time and he got to do all of his his fun Zach Saber Jr. technical wrestling stuff and limb work and uh, and in the end he was putting the guy over so uh, he, he he took most of the match but I thought it was really good. Yeah, Zach Saber Jr. is pretty cool too. Like I know we don't get to see him a lot, but I like that he is <laughs> he he's a cocky little guy who, um, from what Lucas says, can't always back that up. <laughs> And that makes me laugh. But yeah, his, he's clearly very talented. And it was cool to see him again. Because I think the last time I watched him wrestle was in the G1 like two years ago. Three years three, ago. Three years ago. Oh, time has no meaning. No. Um, and yeah, Claudio almost like he kind of had to win because it's his debut and he's mm-hmm. going into the big the big match on on Wednesday. Um, the, one, the, the thing that I thought was so cool, though, uh, is... He did the giant swing, but he only got a few reps because of his arm. And the crowd was kind of like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> and <laughs> we didn't get it. But it turned out they were saving it for the end of the show. Like yeah. the big one, you know? Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, Jenny, Thorne. Guys, I don't really have, like... No. A big thorn. I will say this was my favorite pay-per-view. Okay. There was no blood from what I saw. I don't know what <laughs> happened in the last two matches. Uh-huh. John Moxley was in one, so. Oh, shit. Um, I thought it was excellent. My my complaint is that it was a Sunday night, non-holiday week pay-per-view. And I, I'm sure I sound like a broken record on that. But, that, I mean, that's truly my thorn. I think you're allowed to complain if it's a non-holiday Sunday. I I will give Tony Khan a little bit of a break on this one because you're not just coordinating one company's schedule to to pick this date. You're you're also having to like figure in an entire other promotion. That's that's true. That's fair. Do you know if the New Japan guys are going to stick around? I mean, they're not allowed to like turn around and go right back to Japan, right? Because of no, they are. Oh, are they? Well, Oscar cannot leave. Let's let's make let's like do something in like fucking let's hack the system so that I don't. Why are you talking to me? I don't know how to hack the system. <laughs> I work in computers. So I'm not a hacker. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if some of the guys were still were on were on Wednesday, for instance. Yeah, like that's I was wondering because at one point during the. COVID protocols didn't require like, or maybe they just had a quarantine on the Japan side when they got home. But I thought there was like timing where it's like, it didn't make sense to just fly them out and fly them back. No, but that's, that's over though. Ugh. Stay around guys for at least one more show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I would be shocked if we didn't see somebody um, because the pay-per-view was in Chicago and rampage or uh, well, Dynamite and Rampage are in Detroit, mm-hmm. so I'd be I'd be surprised if 
they didn't have some had any some of the people stick stick around. Because I think I feel like you could probably fly out of Detroit just as easily as you can Chicago internationally. Mm, there's a hub there, in but Detroit? not as big of a hub as Chicago. Right. But there's a hub in um, Detroit. Yeah. So no, so the okay, so that's your thorn. Okay, <laughs> um, my thorn is that they did not put the women's title on Tony Storm. Oh yeah. I feel like. I agree with that. I nothing against Thunder Rosa. I like Thunder Rosa, but I feel like they missed they missed the moment. There was a moment. Yeah. This was the moment, and now they missed the moments. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because how do you? Because I feel like Tony Storm's the natural person for the title, and I mean, now what do you do with her? She just lost it. Like she's gonna go back into like the the pool of candidates, and then. Yeah. Not getting another push for a while. I agree. I think I think it should have passed to Tony. I liked the match. Um, I thought they had a good match. Um, it was interesting that it was another situation like the Orange Cassidy match where he was losing, so he got to kick out of a finisher. And and so <laughs> so did Tony Storm. She kicked out of the uh the Fire Thunder driver. Um but then Thunder busted out uh Dustin Rhodes' finisher. Uh as a tribute to her trainer guy, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, it was okay. I mean, it was it was it was a good match. I just think that they should have they should have they should have they should have done it last night. Yeah, it really felt like they've been building Tony up to take it. You know, like she she's been winning. She's fresh and like still got that like just showed up sort of energy. And it's like, and she's like a much better worker than um, Ruby Riot or Ruby Soho. So it feels oh, like yeah. it feels like the momentum has stayed with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, in I in was, a way that it's kind of dissipated with Ruby. Yeah. Which is sad. I like Ruby a lot, I but I, yeah, it's, I was surprised too when Tony lost. So I agree with your thorn. Okay. How about you, Me Megan? Too. Um, much like Jenny, I thought this show was freaking amazing. Really liked it. Um, I guess my thorn would be, and this is nobody's fault, but like just the cursed nature of it and how much (laughs) all of the stuff sort of was in flux pretty much. It sounds like up until almost the day of, like I, I got really, um, excited for some things and then they changed and like, I don't know. It's it again, nobody's fault. It's just like. It had me a little worried when the pay-per-view day of the pay-per-view, like, is something bad going to happen? Like, are people just not going to be able to show up? And watching BTE, apparently, like, Nick and Matt almost didn't make it. They switched flights, like, three times. It just sounds like, was the universe, like, conspiring (laughs) against the show? And if so, why? Um, So, you know. Nothing yeah. Tony Khan could do about it. Like, let's let's quickly go over some of those like tra- changes that happened because because first and foremost, you got to start with like Tanahashi versus CM Punk was meant to be the main event of the show. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and that got changed obviously with Punk's injury. Uh, and then, I love John Moxley, but I actually really did kind of want to see Punk fight I did Tanahashi. Too. Yeah, yeah, and, and that also affected whatever. I don't know what Moxley was supposed to be doing on this show, but. I'm sure he was in a big match. They got they got shifted in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the uh, the All Atlantic title uh, four way. Uh, Poor Clark Connors. Poor Clark Connors. Uh, but uh, yeah, Tomohiro Ishii uh, got injured, and and he so he was replaced by the man he had already beaten in the tournament to get in that spot. Uh, let's see. He uh, looked like Clark Connors looked like he did not belong at all. But they were really kind and gave him quite a few, like gave him pretty long of a big like push. Offense. Yeah, yeah. That's a guy who like he. I don't know. I wouldn't mind if he stuck around for a while. Like he he he, he lives in America, so I, would I mean, pick we Will Ospreay over him. And he's like, Will Ospreay does not live in America. We made fun of how he kind of looks like a cross between Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, which he totally does. But honestly, when I saw his picture, I was like, this guy is going to be a chump. And then during the match, I thought he held his own and I thought he did really well. So I was not as like disappointed, but I also was very not in any sort of way believing he could win at all. Like it was definitely like, oh, you're in here to eat the pin, which we could talk about, but. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we will. And, and uh, but uh yeah, there, then there was the Sting, Darby, and Shingo versus Young Bucks and Phantasm match. We talked about that, how Hiromu was in it, and then he got a fever, and that took Hikuleo out of the show. Um, uh, let's see. Osprey versus Orange Cassidy. Apparently that was originally Osprey versus Andrade, but then CMLL uh, got involved and oh, said no. <laughs> and uh, That would have been so cool. Yeah, but you know what? Orange was great. Orange was great, and yeah. I just, let's bring Will back for, for versus Andrade. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the match was supposed to be Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson, and yeah. that got changed. But almost like, like I mean, obviously, I'm not happy that Brian is hurt, but I mean, what a what a backup option. Yeah, I mean, it was a great match, and I'm glad that like Claudio's getting the Blackpool push. But I do think that Daniel Bryanson would have been sort of almost there, Brian Danielson. <laughs> Daniel Bryan. So he combined his fake name and his real name. <laughs> um, the IWGP World Title match uh, was supposed to be like I don't even know exactly what was what was going on with that. Like, because it started out as Hangman challenging uh, Okada, then Okada lost the title, and this you know all of this could have just been booking that was planned all along. But I've also heard that it was at some point at one point it was supposed to be. Okada and Hangman as a team against White and Cole in a tag mm. match. And also I heard like then Tony Khan said that they didn't they weren't sure that Okada was gonna be there until a week before. Wow. So yeah, so it's like so just lots of things in flux on this show. And uh I just can't even imagine like when they do this the next time. Because you gotta figure they're not gonna like we're in a very particularly bad injury bug time for AEW right now. Yeah. And I don't think I, I just think the odds of that happening again are pretty low. So if they actually get a card, that's most of what they actually want. Um, but sometimes like swap ups can be better. I'm not saying that these were, but like sometimes like what you think is going to work, like wouldn't worked have well, wouldn't have worked as well as like the kind of thinking outside the box thing that you went, came up with. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm just saying that, you know, the narrative kind of going into the show was like all this chaos and the show is like the, the show's had a bad build because they have to keep changing everything and nobody knows who these New Japan guys are. And now we're like, 
you know, we're like 18 hours after the show. And it's like, and, and the, the narrative has completely changed because like it was such a blow away show and everybody's just like excited to see the next one. Yeah. I mean, I, I listed that as my thorn, but it was mostly <laughs> like, because I don't want people to be hurt or get COVID or have fl- like flight issues. Uh, yeah. I, I will say like, the show still blew me away. Like I loved the whole thing. Um, but I do, you know, it's always like, what if I, I would have liked to see Brian Danielson, especially against Zack Sabre Jr. Cause I think it would have been like a lot of technical wrestling goodness. Um, but I'm not going to complain. Claudio's here for sure. Um, and, and we're still, and we're likely to still get Danielson versus Sabre at some point. Yeah. Like, I came away from the show being like, okay, things change, but you know what? I hope they do another one because this was amazing. <laughs> like, and I, I definitely was not disappointed by the changes that they had to make. Like the, the changes they chose, I think worked out to Jenny's point. Like, yes, I had one thing in mind, but I'm not, I'm not complaining about what they, they finagled together at the last minute. <laughs> you know, I'm glad yeah. Okada was there. I would have been really sad if he wasn't, that would have been kind of a big loss. Um, but yeah. Uh, Tony Khan also said at the press conference that the online buys indicate uh, that this is going to end up at uh, over 100,000 buys. Hmm. So, That's kind of low, isn't it? Don't they normally do like 200k buys? They've only well, done that once. Okay. Um, and that was for CM Punk's debut. Okay. Um, no, they they usually they've been doing in like in the 130 to 150 range lately. Hmm. But this is not an AEW pay-per-view. This is an AEW New Japan pay-per-view that lost its main event. Jenny wants more, so Osprey returns. All right, let's run down this program. Can I do like a really quick, really small rose? You can do whatever you want. Excellent. I don't remember what match it was part of, but somebody got crotched and Kevin Kelly screamed, that's my purse. And that's a King of the Hill reference <laughs> that I can always get behind. And I loved it so much. <laughs> I literally just explained that reference to Jenny the other day. You did. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. Uh, the buy-in. We had QT Marshall and Aaron Solo versus Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Only thing I really remember about this match is that QT Marshall did his uh, cartwheel into a dive that is so terrible because he like com- he does the cartwheel, then he completely stops when he reaches the ropes, and then he just kind of like falls over them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which which at this point has to be like that has to be the intent. Why is QT still on our screens? Wasn't he a Cody buddy? Can't we just like cut the ties with him being on our screens? Well, he trains all those. Yeah, he doesn't guys. need to be on the screen to well, do that. Somebody must like him. I don't know. And somebody must like the whole factory because they were here. To... They were in force, yeah. yeah. No go-go, but... Ugh, that was the go-go. only factory member I, I could ever get behind. Uh, yeah, speaking of, uh, Mr. Freak Beast, Nick Camarado uh, wrestled the Murder Hawk monster, Lance Archer. Uh, so Lance got his little spot on the show. They had a fun little power match, and uh, and Lance got the win, of course, as he gets set to leave for uh, a month of G1-ing uh, here in uh, a couple weeks. Good for you, Lance. Go G1 it up where I feel like they understand how to use you. <laughs> uh, 
what I thought was like a uh, definitely the highlight of the buy-in that we had Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru and uh, Lee and Swerve win in a really good tag team match. Yeah, they're a fun team. Really enjoy them. They're a fun team. I still don't know that I understand why they did the the big battle royal split up tease a couple weeks ago, but <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if that was like, eh, don't worry, that's just Swerve, because like, you know, he did that to Keith Lee, and then he did it to his friend Darby, who he said he respected. It's like I, I felt like he was like just in a competitive place, maybe, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, and then in the main event of the buy-in, we had the Gun Club, which included Billy and Max Caster, versus the New Japan Dojo guys, consisting of uh, the DKC, who had fallen victim to Hook a couple of nights before on Rampage, uh, Kevin Knight, who has springs in his legs, uh, Alex Coglin, who looks like a cool guy with a cool mustache <laughs> and Yuya Uemura. And the weirdest thing about this match is that Danhausen came on the, on the screen and played an ass boys music video that got Colton and Austin. Austin thank you. There's only Austin Gunn. To run backstage to chase him, which created a situation where it was a four on two match with the new Japan dojo guys versus Billy Gunn and Max Caster. And then Billy Gunn and Max Caster won the match. And there was no Danhausen payoff. And there was no Danhausen payoff. I don't understand what happened here. <laughs> like how how politically did they get to do this? I don't know. And why would you even want to? <laughs> I mean, it was fun to see the gun club and the ass boys come out together and Max have his rap time, you know? Um, oh, for sure. But, but yeah, it is surprising that New Japan's like, oh yeah, sure, like two of your guys can just wipe out four of our guys. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, because you know that like on the show, like I'm sure there was like horse trading on every single finish because you have to like make it balanced and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the New Japan guys were all wearing just plain black trunks in the way that I thought that signified they were what young lions or yeah. young boys or whatever. So maybe that was the, the implication was like, Oh, well two of your veterans beat four of our trainees. Like, I, I don't know how good any of those guys actually are or how much status they have in new Japan, but seeing them all come out in matching black trunks made me think like, these are not people who have gimmicks yet <laughs> or like have kind of characters that they're working on they're just here to to fight right for sure yeah um yeah so i don't know i didn't like that that was that was like <laughs> that was a booking decision i was like i don't think that was necessary what were any of the gun boys injured or something like did they need to take them out of the match because they were hurt i mean i don't know they ran backstage after danhausen pretty well yeah I, I, they got all dressed and ready for the show i hope I hope they got paid something for for that short appearance. Like, man. Okay, well, that takes us to uh, the main show. And we open with a match to determine the man advantage in Blood and Guts on Wednesday. 
Uh, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and Wheeler Yuta. Do you want to talk about the handsomeness of the young Minoru Suzuki? Oh my god, he looks like <laughs> Superman. Those chiseled, like, cheekbone and jawline. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a more handsome man. Jesus. <laughs> he was very... We saw a picture. He's very handsome. And it's so weird to see him with hair that's not, you know, shaved and, like, striped. It was mm-hmm. just like... Jenny's right. He looked like Superman. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Okay. Uh, I thought that Shota Umino was the standout in this match, actually. Uh, who, who I haven't seen him in a while. He he's no longer, he's not like cosplaying like little mocks anymore. Um, <laughs> but now, now he kind of looked like he he's kind of looks like Tanahashi. Yeah, he he does have that. Uh, like he dyed his hair, right? Because I don't yes. remember his hair being the the reddish color it was, and he does have gear that's very much like. I am a hero to the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make an action so anyway, figure out of me. You know? So these six guys had a, had a match, and uh, Yuta got a lot on Jericho. I remember that. And, and yeah, and Shota was really good. Those are, the, those are my two big takeaways from the match. Yeah. Uh, I picked the other team to win. Um. So you know, you didn't, you didn't do you didn't do the wrestle math on the uh, man advantage in uh, in blood and guts. I didn't. I mean, I didn't realize yeah. they'd have Claudio on their like the BCC would have Claudio on their side. You know, that's like having an advantage anyway. So you got to even it out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, still a fun match. Uh, next up, uh, winner takes all. Uh, Ring of Honor winner tag team. Takes it all. Oh no, Alexis. Alexis starting some beats. <laughs> Winner takes it all. Alexa, shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ring of Honor World Tag Team Titles on the line. Uh, New Japan Heavyweight Tag Team Titles on the line. Uh, Rapunky Vice brought nothing to the table. <laughs> uh, but it was it was Rapunky Vice challenging FTR and uh, the team of Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan, and uh, they did they did a storyline injury thing with Dax on this on this match where they they sent him to the back with a they, they said his like his shoulder got hurt or something and dislocated and, I think uh, or like fell yeah. out of its socket. So. I, I have not gone back to confirm this, but I was listening to someone talking about this match today, and they said that during this match, after Dax left, they went so far as to do a spot where, and I believe it because it's FTR and they are like super nerds and think about this kind of thing, where Dax or Cash got a tag in and for like a, like a hot tag kind of thing and yelled at his opponents, I'm Dax, I'm Dax, I'm Dax. As in, like, we're gonna I'm gonna do all the stuff that you were supposed to do with Dax here. Uh, <laughs> wow. That is so nerdy. I don't know if it's true, but like but that's what I that's what I heard. Um but yes, but it was just a setup. 
And I think that it, it really played upon the existential dread that everyone felt about this cursed card. Yes, and it they just certainly they did. just assumed that this was another, uh, you know. <laughs> I fell for it. Yeah, uh, but but Dax did come out and uh, got a huge ovation for for returning, and and he and Cash uh, they got it together and they they won, and uh, now they are seven star FTR. Yay. Wait, what does that mean? Each star is a set of tag team titles they have held. Oh, okay. They have to update their shirt now. I thought it was the Dave Meltzer thing. No. Let me see. It's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Ring of Honor, IWGP, um, AEW. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder what the seventh one is. Oh, Triple A. Triple A. Thank you. Triple A. And Jenny, you knew it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so seven, yeah, seven different recognized world tag team titles they have held. Good for them. Uh, then the All Atlantic title match, the four way Pac, Miro, Malachi Black, and uh, Clark Connors. <laughs> and. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, man, like we, we, on our prediction contest, we had people picking Pack, we had pick, people picking Miro, we had people picking uh, Malachi, and it was like, I don't know who's going to win this, but I know who's going to eat the fucking pen. <laughs> um, and uh, this, was a, this was super fun, and all action, of course, and uh, it, it ended up with Pack getting the win with the, uh, with the Brutalizer on Connors after a 450, and uh, Malachi Black misted Miro, so yeah. it looks like that's probably the next direction for those two. I'm Jenny, not excited to see that. Jenny predicted that uh, nine months from now, Miro will join the House of Black mm-hmm. <laughs> because that seems to be the tra- trajectory. It's the gestational period of that um, of the mist. mist. He missed. Well, a do you pack. think it'll take longer because he's so much bigger than Julia? Oh, Hart? that's a good point. <laughs> he Jenny, it might take a year for him. Yeah. He missed a pack like twice. Julia missed a pack, and Pack remains unchanged. Yeah, but Pack just has so much hate in his heart that you know it didn't really affect him that much. Oh yeah, because Miro's just a big ball of sunshine. <laughs> he talks to God a lot about killing God him. <laughs> He wants to find his house and kill him. Anyway, like, I don't think there was a wrong decision in this match. Well, there would have been one wrong decision in this match, but uh, they had they had three they had three possible abilities that all would have been good. And <laughs> then with Pack, Pack Pack finally gets to hold gold in AEW, Get even though back. it's this made up title. <laughs> they're all made up titles. Well, no, there's not. a there's a range from like. Yeah. <laughs> Like this is this is definitely closer to the FTW <laughs> than like the TNT, for instance. <laughs> if that's the scale. Uh, next up was Sting, Darby, and Shingo versus Young Bucks and Fantasma. We talked about that one. Uh, there was a segment backstage where uh, Jericho and the Jazz um, congratulated Shota Umino on his uh, his strong performance, and then Jericho burned him with a fireball. <laughs> Uh, God, I hate this wizard. He's a wizard. <laughs> He's not a wizard. Uh, women's world title match. We talked about that. Osprey versus Cassidy. We talked about that. Saber versus Claudia. We talked about that. Uh, okay, IWGP World Title. Jay White versus Adam Cole. 
versus Hangman Page versus Kazuchika Okada. Hell yeah. Um, I think this would have been better as any combination of those people in a singles match. I, yeah, I mean, I agree. <laughs> I was kind of like, I thought Jay White was going to, I thought we were basically going to get like Hangman and Adam and then Jay White was going to pick somebody. And instead he picked everybody. And I was like, that's a lot of people to pick. Yeah. He expressly said that he wasn't going to wrestle either Hangman or Adam Cole. Yeah. He, he pulled a little bit of a Cody where he lied to our faces. But he is a bad guy, so I don't know. I, so, I, I they're all very good singles wrestlers. Why couldn't we do that? <laughs> so unfortunately, the finish of this match um, was pretty rough. Uh, Jay White hit a Blade Runner on Okada, and then, as a result of some injury at some point in the match, he just jumped on top of Adam Cole and pinned him without giving him a move because Adam Cole had to eat the pen and Adam Cole could not take a move at that, at that moment. So it was very, it was very anticlimactic. Oh, Adam Cole got hurt during the. Yeah. So there is a clip of him getting hit with, uh, or getting, or like he, he was, uh, Okada going for the, um, the rainmaker on him. And he, he avoids it, but he kind of, like, hits his shoulder, catches his shoulder, like, while he's, like, moving past Okada. And it looks like he his shoulder, like, might have popped. <gasps> oh. But then there's also there's also word that, like, and he was already dealing with a shoulder issue. That's why he hasn't wrestled in the last month. Uh, there's also people saying that he, it was a concussion. So, I don't know. Maybe it was both. Um, either way, uh, very anticlimactic finished. But Jay White retains. Yeah. Poor Adam. Just like, hope he's okay. But th- the match prior to that was good. Yeah. And then uh, main event time. John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the AEW Interim World Title. Megan, uh, unfortunately, because of uh, streaming technology issues, I only really got to see this in fits and starts. So... I don't. I, I'm sure it was good. Everybody says it was good. I don't really have that much of a sense of it. Um, I thought it was good. Uh, Moxley had to bleed, which I didn't like. Now I did hear that that was that was legit. And when Tanahashi hit the sling blade, they clonked heads, and then that's what split Mox open. Oh, I assumed it was blading because he ended up on the outside on the ground, and you know how when they get close to that apron things mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. and so that's what i assume but oh that oof. i hope everybody was okay then it's with clonking heads all his previous bleeding that that skin's pretty i mean she's right <laughs> well yeah but that skin was ready to go <laughs> oof. i've yeah i mean okay so it wasn't a choice i mean i still don't love it because it was real gross but um i'm always i'm fine with blood if it's like not intentional blood like if it's just an accident unless you've bladed so many times that like at any point that your like skin grazes anything it starts bleeding then i'm not really okay with that it it was um it was very regardless of how it happened like real or, or you know fake 
he had that that sort of crimson mask that lots of people really like, but I find very disgusting. Um, I don't know, and it's good to know that it was real because, like, story-wise, I don't. It didn't make sense for him to bleed because Tanahashi's like the John Cena of New Japan. Like, he doesn't bleed. I'm assuming, yeah. or that's not really his image that I would picture for him. So, like, it was kind of weird because it's like I don't think both of these men are going to bleed and definitely Tanahashi did not um but it was it was a good match and um yeah I don't know they're just they're both really talented and I'm I'm really glad that they finally well Moxley I guess particularly got to kind of have his his hero moment fighting not fighting his hero I guess it is his hero I don't know um but it was it was cool and uh yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry your stream kept messing up, Andy, but like it seemed like you got to the end and then all of a sudden it like cut out and then when you hit live, it was like that perfect window of like the finish had occurred. <laughs> um so that's Yeah, I the last time I, I logged back in and hit live, uh it was literally like Tanahashi was in the air receiving the death rider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was like, oh okay, well <laughs> I think that might be the thorn my true thorn is the br live app for the xbox performance yeah. on the yeah like i i don't know maybe next megan time we need any, to use a different box because megan didn't have any trouble on the apple tv maybe no, we need it, to get a new apple tv i mean we could just move this apple tv into the other room i like the apple tv in this room but okay but like i'm talking about for like five hours one it's night really hard to unplug it from behind that dresser <laughs> is that worth spending 250 dollars on, <laughs> on a new box look it's hard to unplug so let's just get a different one okay i would i would love to get a new apple tv but i'd like to wait for the next hardware revision yeah jenny get one that's like one level better than the one i have yeah, because she has one that's one better level better than ours. I know. She has a better one than us. So don't you want to wait until we can, like, one-up her? Well, but is that going to be, like, two years from now? I don't know. They yeah, don't one... do the Apple TVs very often. One-up me, I mean, Jenny. That's... Come on. That's a good point. Um, And then after the match, like, and this is just an unfortunate thing about the timing of this. Instead of Moxley and Tanahashi getting to like shake hands and show respect to each other and go off the air that way, which they did end up doing after the cameras went off, um, we got like a big hard sell angle for Blood and Guts on Wednesday with every, everybody brawling again, just like they did last Wednesday on Dynamite. Um, the only the, the, like the big highlight, of course, like I said, was a Jake Hager's outfit, and b. Uh, Cesaro did get to do, or Claudio did get to do the a giant, giant swing on. Was it? Did he do it on Garcia? No, um, Angelo. Oh, okay, cool, Hannah Angie. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, he he got many, many reps on the giant swing against Angelo, and uh, sent those guys packing. So yeah. yeah, but I just thought like not really the time to do that angle. No, um, yeah, it's like blood and guts. You've been very clear about what it is. People know what it is. We saw it last year. You know, like, can't they just let a main event match breathe <laughs> yes. a little bit? Why don't I you decant that main event match? It, re <laughs> it really annoys me when stuff Swirl like this Swirl it around in your glass, pour it into your container, let it breathe for the afternoon. Exactly. Really mm -hmm. 
Exactly. I, you know, just like let it be. We're gonna watch Blood and Guts. It's fine. Whisper words of wisdom. So um, how many times did the BR Live app crash for you after I went to bed? At least two more times. Yeah, it was multiple it times during that one match. Gosh, because it crashed two in two sections for us, but both times when we tried to kept getting back on, it kept crashing and crashing. So like in the second one was even worse because it like let us back on and then it like crashed again. Like it was mm-hmm. BR Live app was not stable last night for us. No. Unless you had the nice Apple TV. <laughs> yeah, it I was mean, not great. Um, okay, well, I think that's the pay-per-view. So that just leaves uh, us with, uh, should we do? Let's do a B plug of the week because we didn't do it. We didn't do have it, a show last week. We're going to do it twice in one week. Are you gonna and have I watched the K-drama. Oh, I don't know if I have a thing on Thursday, but. You got to well, think about rationing. All right. It's the Elite Beat Plug of the Week. Jenny. I got into a K-drama last week. <laughs> it's called Startup. I loved it. I thought it was excellently done. They, like, kept me guessing. Because the guy I was rooting for, for the love interest, wasn't the guy who ended up with her. Oh. And really? maybe I was rooting for the wrong guy the whole wow. time. I don't know. I realize it's a K-drama, but was he blonde and curly-haired? Because I could see why you would root for him. <laughs> no. No. Um, I, I really liked it. It had a good story, good acting. Uh, you learned a lot about, like, technology and, uh, you know, AI and uh, facial recognition software. Did that... Nice. Did that make you uncomfortable? Because you look a little like like you're not sure about those topics. No, no. And they had like subtitles of what the words meant, but they were in Korean. They didn't like the <laughs> the definitions. They didn't <laughs> translate it to English. <laughs> but I appreciated them. Like Netflix trying. is like you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I highly enjoyed Startup on Netflix. Okay, nice. cool. Megan, do you have anything? Um, I'm just going to do an easy plug of King of the Hill because Kevin Kelly, uh, just renewed my, my love for it. Um, I feel like I I have been watching it periodically because it's one of those 20 minute shows on Hulu where you can get in, get out. And I've seen it so many times. I don't really have to pay attention, but King of the Hill, a show from, I want to say started in like 2010, mid 2000s, maybe. I don't even know. It what? holds up. No, Megan, that show started in the 90s. Mother of God, it holds up. Wow, I don't like to feel that old. Um, January 12th, 1997 to September 13th, 2009. Oy, oy, oy. Okay, well, holds up, people. Um, Really, really funny. Really good jokes. Uh, I don't know. It's wacky in a way that's still, like, not too out of this world tids and take you out of it i i thoroughly enjoy it and if you want to hear the origin of where kevin kelly's that's my purse scream came from um there is an episode where bobby needs to take self-defense classes and the ones at the y are all filled up so he's forced to take a women's self-defense class wherein they learn to scream that's my purse i don't know you and then kick their uh attacker in the balls (laughs) and it's (laughs) One of the best episodes I've ever seen. It's so good. 
<laughs> Might need to show Jenny that after we finish here. Like in, in the... He explained it to me in the car. You don't. The uh, thing is, like you can you can fully watch that. You don't need any background on the characters. You can just watch it, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so good. King of the Hill on Hulu. Uh, I want to shout out, uh, and I, I've mentioned him a couple times in the last couple months here during Plug of the Week, but uh, Blank Check finally finished their Sam Raimi miniseries. So basically, shout out to the filmography of Sam Raimi, one of my favorite directors. Um, and the three of us uh, watched his latest film on Saturday night because we did a big uh, MCU marathon. Uh, we watched the first five movies of the MCU, and then we watched Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, was uh, Doctor Strange on there? Yes. On the blank check? Was that the last episode? Yep. That was the last episode. Um, and it was a great episode, and I really enjoyed it. Um, they did not like the movie as much as I did, but that's okay. People Nor as have, much as Megan did. You loved have, it. People can have different opinions. Yeah, uh, Megan, you really liked that movie. I loved it. Legit had a moment where I like pumped my fists in the air. I don't want to say what it is because it's a spoiler, but like <laughs> I was into it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, but I just want to go over real quick my 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 Raimi rankings, um, which I did. I put on on my Letterboxd account. Uh, so in order from best to worst, these are my Raimi rankings. Uh, Spider-Man 2. Uh, Evil Dead 2. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, The Evil Dead, The Quick and the Dead. That got kind of low on your list. I mean, it's it's underneath four of the greatest movies of all time. So I don't know what to say. I'll give it it. <laughs> Army of Darkness, Drag Me to Hell. Oh, that one's fun. Spider-Man, The Gift. You like... Oh, wait. Oh, these are different Spider-Man. Never mind. Sorry. A Simple Plan, For Love of the Game, Darkman, Spider-Man 3, and then I did a little cheat because I didn't actually watch Oz the Great and Powerful, but I put it next to last because the last film is Crime Wave, and I can't imagine that I would have liked Oz the Great and Powerful less than I liked Crime Wave. So what did Crime Wave Oz do to you? It existed <laughs> it was was bad. <laughs> um, was like a really weird second film that you know he kind of you know he never did anything like that again. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so I will say a couple of things about my list. Uh, Quick of the Dead is fifth, which I think is a little high. No. Because and I think I think it's because I have a Western bias. Um, I love the Quick and the Dead. I would have put that as number one. That's because you don't like any of the horror movies. <laughs> and and um, even though it's in eleventh place out of fifteen, for love of the game is probably also boosted a bit by my baseball bias because it's not that good a movie. <laughs> but anyway, shouts to uh, Sam Raimi. I hope uh, he gets to take over the mystical side of the MCU. Hell yeah. Based on Multiverse of Madness, I am here for it. Um, I think his Evil Dead movies are uh, the one I saw. Very gross. <laughs> Very gross. Which one and Which one did you see? I think the second one. Evil Dead 2? 
Yeah, and Drag Me to okay. Hell, I thoroughly enjoyed, but there were some parts where I'm like, I can tell this is some Sam Raimi bullshit with, like, the the gross effects. I'm like, did I need to see somebody puke maggots into her mouth? I did not. I did no. not. But you did all the same. But I did all the same. I didn't look away in time. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that kind of about does it for here. We'll be back on Thursday to talk about Blood and Guts from Detroit as AEW makes their uh, debut in that in that city. Um, I don't, is there anything else on that show that they've announced? There must be, they must have announced something, right? I don't know. I feel like all, no, like, I don't think so, but I don't pay attention to the cards. How long, um, did the blood and guts match itself take last time? Was that like a half a show sort of thing? I think with all the entrances and everything, yes. I think like the second hour was devoted to blood and guts, if I remember correctly. Okay, yeah, I, I figured it was much longer than like a normal match, but I couldn't remember if they were just like, "Fuck it, second half of the show, that's all we're doing." Um, I don't, I really don't think we've had matches announced. I, I can't think of any. Do you think it's going to be two hours? It's a dynamite. No, 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 no. not the blood and guts match. They'll have, they'll have other stuff. And I'm probably just like, you know, forgetting something. Uh, looks like bell to bell last year's match went 34 minutes and two seconds. Oh, all right. That's not as long as I thought. Well, there were all the entrances and then they did like the big angle afterwards with, uh, you know, like Jericho falling in boxes. It was, yes, <laughs> the greatest uh, trauma of his life, if you listen to his podcast after, and how he was mad that people criticized that the boxes <laughs> looked dumb. <laughs> I'm Sorry, not finding Jay, anything. I'm, tr- I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to find, like, any kind of uh, other matches, but it looks like that's the only one well, they that has been confirmed. so much time, I mean... <laughs> They had to promote the Forbidden Door. It was all changing and changing and changing, so they had to work with that. And then they had Blood and Guts, the, you know, who's the mystery person and, like, whatever. So I guess I'm not actually surprised that they didn't try to slide other matches in there. Maybe they're just like, look, you'll watch, right? Blood and Guts. I'm sad that Brandy is gone for the for the debut in, in Detroit. So I know that she she was like she helped to work on booking that arena and everything before she left. Oh. Well, her legacy—they're going there. She should just show up. Yeah, I well, I mean, she's not under contract to WWE. That's I guess that's true. They can still punish Cody, but at this point, why would it be worth it? They can't punish Cody. He's got a torn pack. He's not even going to be there for like nine months. <laughs> Ugh. Don't remind me of that picture. It's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyway, we'll be back on Thursday uh, to talk about that. And, uh, and you know, presumably they'll add matches between now and then. And, and we'll talk <laughs> about those too. crossed. <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody. Uh, you've been listening to The Elite Beat. E, leave beat. <laughs> leave beat. Whoa. <laughs>